0: This episode is brought to you by Sound Mixology. If you're looking for mixing or mastering services, I personally know a great audio engineer. Head over to soundmixology.com where you can easily request free samples or services. Use promo code BACKONBEAT for 20% off. That's B A C K O N B E A T for 20% off. Let's start the show.
1: take take a venue that's half the size and fill it up and and make an impression and you know you got that gig next time you come around you know you're listening to the back on beat podcast producer and strategy coach gerald purify will help you evaluate your current situation and help you build strategies for the changes needed as a musicpreneur designed to help you build a clear plan help you focus on what's important, and overall, explore the tools you need for success.
0: Let's get back on beat. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Back on Beat. My name is Jill Purify, and I'm so happy that you've chosen to spend some time with me today. Um, this episode is titled Booking. We're going to take some time to hang out with Ryan Orr. He is the entertainment director for Slow Brew. We're going to get into the specs of what Slow Brew has to offer. Artists and bands, how they go about booking. Um, and this is particular to Slow Brew, but there are some good things that you can take to other venues as well, just some good practices. So I'm excited for today, let's get into it.
1: Uh, my name is Ryan Orr. I'm the entertainment director for the Slow Brew Rock. Uh, it's a 500 capacity event center in San Luis Obispo, California. Um, I previously worked as an artist manager for the last 16 years um, and worked in music for, probably for the last like 18, 19 years. So it's uh, it's been been a long run. I was a tour manager for a while, toured all over the world and I uh, found a an amazing woman that landed me here in San Luis Obispo so I was really lucky to not have to switch career paths seeing that <laughs> this is a small town and not a booming city so I'm I'm pretty stoked to be uh be involved with Slow Brew. They've been a brand uh, with you know, music really strongly connected to them for the last 30 years so it's a great company.
0: Well cool. so how did you get into um the music managing? I uh actually
1: stumbled upon it in in a very odd way. I was uh, I went to school down in San Diego and uh was, was a marketing major, and then when I moved back, I was <laughs> I was working a, uh, an overnight Bellman shift at a nice hotel in, in, in Laguna Beach, and um, there was a, a guy in the Dave Matthews band that used to stay there all the time, and uh, we became friends over the years, and, and he, uh, he needed a personal assistant to go on the road with him back in the summer of 2002, and uh, it was kind of a job I, I didn't even know I was really fit for, but I had sort of been his concierge When he stayed at the hotel, you know, getting him like dinner reservations and basically whatever he needed um, as a personal assistant would. So when that opportunity arose, I kind of had no strings attached at the time in my life. So I decided to just hit the road and it was like 30 tours later um, and worked for him up until like 2015. So that was that was the artist management side. I basically um, was in charge of everything outside of the Dave Matthews band. So any so solo projects he did, he did a lot of like, um, like soundtracking and scoring for films. Um, and he was really into uh, the political world, did a lot of like political rallies and uh, big, big tennis guys. So just a bunch of random stuff he threw me into, but it was basically just managing everything that he did outside of Dave Matthews, Band.
0: Wow. Okay. So, I mean, we're going to get into slow brew, the slow the slow boot rock, but I kind of want to pick your brain a little bit more about that because <laughs> that's something I did not know. Oh, you um, didn't? No, and I'm oh, sure. like very intrigued now. So, <laughs> um being here, h- how long have you been in San Luis? We moved here in 2012. Okay. So. And so obviously you would say that you are heavily engrossed into the music scene in this community, right? Oh, 100%. I
1: I love when I first moved here, um well, when I first came to look at places and kind of get a feel, I visited um, my my now wife's uh, family and she took me to a show at Sloper, the old one on Garden Street. And, uh, you know, that was that was sort of my first like, OK, wow, I could actually live here. There is a music venue that's kind of cool. Um, I was in San Francisco at the time, so it was it was going to be a a huge transition to go from like that big city and music going seven nights a week to sort of, you know, having to pick and choose because there wasn't as much. Um, but I, I instantly fell in love with Slow and the local community and the the scene of musicians here is it's rich, man. There's a lot of a lot of good talent and it's, it's exciting to kind of see it evolve into you know what it is now and what it's going to be in the future
0: so knowing what you know from your experience do you see a huge lack as far as like business practices go with the music community in this area
1: it's interesting to me because i had worked with a gentleman by the name of bruce floor he was actually the guy that signed dave matthews band and he's AR for for um, rca at the time and ended up moving over to red light management um, ATO Records, which is the record company that Dave Matthews started. Um, and so I sort of worked alongside Red Light Management for all those years, being an entity of uh, Boy Tinsley, the violinist, was my immediate boss. Um, the Bruce Floor is a Cal Poly alumni, so he has roots here. Um, he has invested in businesses here, and he helped run KCPR for many, many years, grew it into this huge college radio station. So um, I would say... It's pretty cool that Bruce has so many roots here and has kind of helped KCBR be be such a, a quality programming station here in San Luis Obispo. So um, that was kind of all I knew about the the business side of Slow and, okay. and, and, and which is pretty cool. So I would say, you know, it's it's interesting in the market here too, being that you can actually sustain a lifestyle playing music locally with all these wineries and just so many different options going on it's like there is competition but there's just enough gigs to be able to sustain a lifestyle which you can't really say for you know bigger cities you know there's just so many right more efficient
0: yeah i was talking with somebody the other day and they're talking about i just got to get to la you know i got to get to the scene and a few times throughout the year, I go down and um, do some freelance drumming for a couple artists, and I found that like the scene in that in that space, as far as like small shows and showcases, it's really grimy. Um, oh yeah, and the pay, so pay to
1: play stuff. I mean, it's just you yeah, can really get yeah. a solid support system yeah. or fan base down there. There's
0: just too much going on. Right, and then think about it like being here at a winery. A few times a week is not necessarily a bad living you can make. You know.
1: No, not at all, man. It's crazy. And look at, for example, Dante. I mean, that dude was down in LA for a few months, cruised up here to hang out with his buddy and and started to realize, wow, this is like, this is where I should be. <laughs> That's a great yeah. story. An example of, you know, the smaller town vibe we have here with all a little, a little bit more opportunity.
0: And so, yeah, definitely. So is there ever any thought in your mind about doing some consulting? It's interesting because I
1: the I've I've sort of a, a unique amount of experience in, 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 it's, in it's 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 like a personal assistant. Okay, cool. So in the music business. So I learned a a little bit about a lot of stuff. Um I and when Boyd would be, he had like a few solo tours, which I sort of helped book and then all of a sudden I was like his booking agent. So I started getting a lot of experience booking on the artist side, talking to venues, um, which is the flip, obviously, of what I do now where I'm talking to all the agents. So it's, it's, it's cool to know what the other side's sort of thinking, which helps me gauge, uh-huh. um, you know, where we're going and l- let the conversation flow a little bit quicker. And, you know, it was interesting that when I first got thrown into the talent buyer position at Slow Group, very quickly, cause they had lost their talent buyer, um, out of nowhere, like abruptly, um, I had to sort of, it's tough. Cause if you don't know the market very well, and this is a very interesting market, San Luis Bispo, I mean, we do have routing that goes from, you know, obviously San Francisco all the way down. To San Diego, but I mean, the indie band that's selling out 400 cap rooms in Berkeley might sell 75 tickets in San Luis Obispo. So you can't really right. gauge. You know what I mean? It's it's the West Coast swing is very unique because the markets
0: are so different. So
1: once you learn your market, then <laughs> then you're rocking. But it took me it took me a minute for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I want to get into slow brew a little bit. So like for an independent band artist, what are some of like the qualifications that you and slow brew would be looking for before booking them. Honestly, man,
1: I, I look to see if they have played the market before, if I'm dealing in and I get, I get just blind inquiries from straight up from bands. Um, it's tough because, you know, if you're getting an email straight from like the guitarist or the drummer, then unfortunately you first thought, is that okay? This, these guys don't have any management, which is okay. Um, but let's see what type of rooms they've played. Um, And it's, you don't, you get so many increase that you don't always have a chance to check them all out. So um, if there was one tip, I would say, you know, maybe try and get a website going because if you do have a website, then obviously an an email address that has your website on there that looks better than like a Gmail or Yahoo or whatever. Um, This is obviously basic information. Um, But first glance, it's like, I'll get something that comes in through like the actual slow brew website and we do weekend brunch shows where, you know, it, it's like a, a guarantee of like three to $500 max. And I like to bands that I, I think would be a good fit, take a chance on them for like the brunch shows, see what happens and then have them on the radar for me to do like a local support when we have national touring bands come in. Cause we usually get an option to fill um, one of the slots with a, with a local support. So um, page of, of their EPKs we're at, I mean, you see so many different types and, some are horrible and some are super slick. With active, you know, PDF like active links and stuff is always a good thing because you can see it right there. Boom. Um, you know, I dealing with agents is, is obviously a totally different thing because it's all about. And and I'm, I'm sure you've heard this before. The music business is all about relationships, and you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you you want you you d- develop these relationships with all these different agents, and they want a band that is coming through, you know, doing the West Coast Swing and they need a gig on that particular day and they're right in San Luis Obispo. You don't necessarily know if, the, if they're going to do well in the market, but, you know, you want to do a solid to, you know, your contact that you've been working with for many years. So um, sometimes you got to kind of take a chance on that and maybe you're pleasantly surprised, maybe you're not. But um, sometimes bands get in there that I don't necessarily think should be playing that big of a room because of that. But um, Mm -hmm. you know it's it's just it's it's like gambling with real money man you know you you have these metrics and this information that you you study but then sometimes shows just don't hit and you don't know why (laughs) it's so weird yeah it's an off night or there's some other thing going on that everybody's going to and, and your show just gets snuffed but um you know it's 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 never a guarantee that's for sure but that's what's fun about it you know so I would say, yeah, we look, yeah, we, look for, we look for bands coming in that, um, you know, you be be diligent too. You know, I I love persistence. It's not a bad thing, really. And just try and make that EPK look as slick as possible. You know, don't don't try and push yourself into a room that you you don't think you're ready for just because you you want a gig, just because you want to fill a gig that night. Um, and that's something I learned as an artist manager, and that it was different because I had a name recognition behind what I was doing with with Boyd to where every side project he did it was like the buyers didn't really particularly care very much about what the band was they just knew that they could sell it based on you know the likeness of of boyd in it so um but there were times where i pushed a room that was way too big and you know that that kind of burnt the bridge a little bit and it's uh you always want to just be forthcoming with with everything and and approach it thinking that you're trying to build this relationship for the long term and not just a one-off, you know, show that
0: you need to fill, fill a day for, you know? Yeah, that that is, like, really interesting how you put that. <laughs> um, hanging out with a bunch of artists, you know, they all think, and musicians, that, you know, everybody's going to love what we do and not really thinking about the future or the longevity of it it's more of like a we got to get this now you know type totally
1: take take a venue that's half the size and fill it up and and make an impression and you know you got that gig next time you come around you know
0: Yeah. yeah so has it ever happened to where a band reaches out and maybe you know that slow brew is too big of a venue for them do you suggest something smaller in the area do you call another venue and be like, Hey, check these guys out.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, when I first got into the scene, it's uh, I mean, it you, there's the history of slow beer is that, you know, it was, there was a promoter, good medicine presents. Obviously we know the whole story. They parted ways. Um, the relationship isn't as strong as it used to be. But when, uh, when I first moved here, I met Todd and Corey right out the gate and, developed a friendship with them. So, um, if there's bands that I think aren't going to be able to even hit like the 300 mark in a 500 cap room, which is what you're shooting for after the house done and everything you need, you really need to be able to sell 300 tickets to make money off ticket sales. There's always, you know, food and beverage, which we're, we're lucky to have that. And Slow beer being a big, you know, beer brand. We, we always do well with the food and beverage it shows, but yeah, you you definitely want to be able to, at least break even or make money off ticket sales purely. So um, if I don't think they are going to hit that 300 mark, then I'll I'll kick Todd an email and just say, Hey, you know, he's been doing this for so long though, that he usually knows the band. And, you know, it's just one of those, Oh, well, well, they were trying to, they're trying to graduate up, but I'll, I'll give him another shot. Or, you know, he's like, he'll pass or whatever. He'll give me information that I didn't necessarily know. But um, yeah, it's, we, we all kind of communicate. We, we share a talent buyer um with the fremont which is casey smith ineffable live up in uh berkeley oakland berkeley and he does about 30 percent of the programming for slow brew and then you know we can I, I do the rest but casey's great man he okay. books for uh, the catalyst the cornerstone in berkeley um felton and santa cruz and he's, dude, he's he's incredible he's he's a really good dude i've learned a lot from him too he's been in the business for a long time but um it's interesting man it's you, you never stop learning, that's for sure, especially right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: insane what's
1: happening in the music and
0: us having all pivot because of yeah. this crazy COVID stuff. Right. And that's the thing. So like you said something earlier and like, I don't know how much I can stress this. Like, I'm so like surprised when band think that they're good with just the Facebook and Instagram. Like how important is it to have your own website? For many reasons,
1: you know, it's like you, you need to drive traffic somewhere. And I guess a Facebook page would be cool. But like I said earlier, it's like just, just based off the first initial reaction to an email, when you see like the Gmail or the Yahoo versus like an actual website that'll grab me first. It really will, because I can click right on that and see all of their content. You know, even if they do have an EPK, it's like, it's just a, it's a mental thing for me. Cause like I said, you can't, you can't look at every email. You really can't. Um, And, and particularly speaking for the slow brew, it's like me and working with an agent. It's like we, for the most part for that room, for a 500 cap room, you're, you're not doing any direct bookings to artists for the most part. You're just doing all, all agent stuff. Um. obviously local is is direct and i mean that's that's like our world here but um yeah i, I would say say yeah like 80 percent of the bookings we do are are straight through the agent because a band a band that would would be able to sell 300 plus tickets in this market they'll have an agent you know at this point mm. for the most part yeah but i love finding those little diamonds in the rough um there was a student from santa barbara austin sexton his name is austin sexton and Oh yeah. You know yeah, him? yeah dude, know that guy's is. a stud. Yeah. You actually know him?
0: I don't know, you know him. Was, I know yeah. who he is.
1: He's uh, he's sponsored by yeah. Gibson. And he sent me an email and I just like I just I, I loved the way he had worded it. I forget the intro, but it caught my caught my eye. And I clicked on his stuff and was like, dude, this guy is so good, like soulful, badass guitarist. Got like almost like a Lenny Kravitz type vibe to him. But um, yeah, yeah, I was I had I had booked him to do a support slot for uh what forget who it was, but it was a, a show in June. And uh, obviously that's not going to happen, but that was uh, one of the most recent little diamonds in the rough. I was like, damn, this guy's really, really good. And he's just, that was yeah. just a direct thing. So they're, they're out there for sure. That's cool that you know of Austin.
0: So what do the next few months look like with Slow Brew? Dealing with all the shutdowns. I mean, you know what we're doing right now with the uh with the live streams and
1: it's definitely something we're gonna have to incorporate with the live shows. We just got told that we were gonna have a fifty to seventy five maximum capacity put on our five hundred capacity event center for the next couple months. Yeah. So we're trying to just retool things to have obviously a higher ticket price. Um, make it sort of like like a like a cabana cube space for like you know three to four people to be in together um and then also yeah. monetize live stream tour we're doing 75 people in the room we're live streaming it with um with basically it's walled it's geographically walled into our our county so that you can only see in this area there's a company that's like designing technology to do that for live streams, so it's almost like a virtual tour you know You can have the band play, but it's only being available in streamed and like that particular group of area codes or whatever. So
0: um, yeah, that's cool. It's almost like a um, a VIP thing. Like so, during the live stream, you're only allowed to have seventy people. Yeah. So it'll be
1: obviously it'll be live concert. Um, We'll have the seventy five in there, and then Uh we'll, we'll we'll live stream it to you know whoever else wants to wants to to buy the stream. It'll be a paid stream, and that'll help monetize. You know what we are going to pay the band because obviously guarantees for a 500 cap room were way higher when you could sell 500 tickets yeah. versus selling 75 tickets so um it'll be really interesting to see what happens here i'm i'm really curious too cause like musical renaissance almost to where you might be seeing a lot of big names in smaller rooms because you know it's that's just kind of how, right. how it's going to go for a little bit i think the arenas aren't going to be open man and these bands need to tour
0: yeah i was uh i was telling dante last week this is like a check yourself time like to really like reevaluate 100%. what you were doing what you're doing now and what you can or should be 100%, doing man, it's like learn the skills like learn something that you didn't know before to add to your skill set because those that take this time and don't do anything with it are going to be left behind it's
1: sorry yeah dude you you couldn't have said it better if you don't take this time to to, to pivot yourself. And understand what direction the, the entire planet's going in, then you will
0: for sure get left behind.
1: It's like a giant yeah. reset button, right? I mean, we're all kind of sitting here freaking out a bit, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. And everybody's on the same yeah. playing field it's right now. It's crazy, too. <laughs> it's a trip.
1: Like, yeah, Friday. And that's the last time we did a live stream on Friday because I'm like I'm sitting there and we're, we're doing like was like Black Match. This is a couple of weeks ago, and w- they got done and and I I'm I'm like just scrolling down Facebook, just kind of looking to see you know what kind of viewership we got. And it's like John Mayer's doing one, Trey Anastasio from Fish is doing one, we like Bon Jovi was doing one. I'm like, dude, this is crazy. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, it's available like for free right now on Facebook Live. It's just it's insane. Very like special and cool and. Obviously, would have never happened if we weren't all stuck at our
0: house, but there was something beautiful about it for right. sure. so do you think that um the things that were booked to go on that are now canceled as far as like in this area, are they gonna like keep the same rosters coming through like like the festivals? It's so like crazy that?
1: because when this first hit, it was like, okay, mad dash to just postpone till the fall. You know, p- some some people were ambitious and were doing like late summer stuff. Um, the Fremont was very ambitious and started like booking stuff for June and then reannouncing it, which obviously they're gonna have to push that back again. Um, but you're not just talking postponing shows and, and, and refunding people's money. They that was another big thing, was that all the bigs were trying to keep keep the money so they didn't, you know, go bankrupt um uh, and and just right. hopefully, you know, roll that into the into the next show. But um now you're talking with these these new capacities that they're going to slap on these venues. Like I'm thinking what's going to happen is, you know, for instance, we have a 380 sold show for uh, Sandy Alex G that's going to happen in October. And we're not going to be able to have 400 people in the room at that point. So what do we do? Do we refund all the tickets and then give an equal opportunity, just resell them so that, you know, everybody has, has a fair chance to get a ticket. Um, these are all interesting things. And then is it the same deal that it was when we were able to sell having tickets? Obviously not. So not only are you postponing and rescheduling shows, but you're also retooling all of, you know, the, the contracts and financials and, and everything, man, it's, it's crazy. So that's sort of the elephant in the room right now is it we have rescheduled every show, but now <laughs> how are we going to, how are we going to accommodate yeah. almost sold out concerts that, that aren't going to be able to happen even if the date's available and we can, you know what I mean? We can, we have a green light to do it. We're not going to be able to do it for the amount of people that it, the tickets are already sold. So it'll be, be interesting to see what happens. It's exciting. It really is. Um,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Scary, but exciting. <laughs> yeah, definitely scary. But Hey, so what does a normal day look like for you? We're not talking about right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no, 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 no. We're days. talking about like,
1: no, Usually I'll get to the venue on a a day of show. I'll usually get to the venue by 11 a.m. Having advanced the show for weeks before, and and I'm super OCD with my advances. I like to make sure that every every little thing is addressed um, by show day so that we know exactly what we're expecting. We work on a skeleton crew. It's just me and my colleague, Rustin, who runs sound. Um, He'll get there around 1 o'clock. Bands start loading in at earliest like noon. Um, I have to, I used to go shop the artist writer, but now I just, I just order it on Instacart and it gets delivered, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> so yeah, we'll get, uh, we'll get all of the writers set up, get it, the green room, all dialed in with whatever they, you know, they have on the writer list and then rest will start working on getting the stage plot dialed in and band gets there. We'll, you know, kind of just make sure they're nice and comfortable. That's the most important part. You want to make sure that these guys come in and they feel like they're at home. There's no stress, there's no issues. Again, that's what a good advance does, make sure that everything technically is 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 sound and we're ready for them and there's not gonna be any hiccups. Um if there's any backland that needs to be rented, it's it's there, delivered, or we pick it up. Um, but then yeah, you're you're looking at like two o'clock at that point. If there's three bands, we start sound check by two thirty, doors at seven, and boom, you're you're off and running. It's a fun wow. day. I I really miss those days. I mean, you're talking like a 16-hour day that just it goes by in the blink of an eye. And I run lights too, so that's pretty fun. It's like I do all the, yeah. the grunt work during the daytime and then once those lights go off, it's like
0: my creative time to sort of just let loose visually, you know? So if you can think of anything that would be helpful, let's say for an up-and-coming band in the times that yeah. we're in right now with COVID, something that could be helpful for them. And then also when the time comes that we go back to like, our normalcy, something that can be helpful that they. Could it's be interesting doing. to me
1: because I, I read so many musical blogs, and I was reading, you know, that and it was a consistent theme that, you know, the bigger bands obviously they have the money to sit there and wait, and they'll they'll be back when the arenas open back up. They'll be back. They're fine. It's like the the sort of mid range, like our 500 cap room bands that just made it like 2017, and now they're going to sit here stagnant. Um, and that was like all I kept hearing. I, I'm thinking to myself like that's not true at all. You guys have a captive audience right now. You have this social media craze because people don't have anything else to do, man. Start friending people like crazy, work on some stuff, release some new music, do a bunch of live streams, look into, you know, what Facebook groups are, are getting the most hits, like really do your homework on social media right now. And it's a goldmine, man. You really have a captive audience of people that are sitting there just hungry for the art. They're not getting it and they're hungry for it. So just just focus on that right now, and, and get yourself positioned, like you said. If you don't, if you don't act right right now, you're gonna left behind. Like get yourself positioned to where, when touring does start back up, that you know you've already you've already done your you've already done your work. You got all your assets ready to roll, and hopefully you gained some some viewerships from different markets. I mean, now's the time to be able to reach out to all of those markets you want to play throughout the country. It's really hard to tap into different markets. If you've never played them, but you know, with live streams, you can start. You can start building up fan bases and in, in all of these places you've never been. So, you know, that's that's exactly what agents look for, which is the impossible task. It's like, okay, I want a booking agent that's going to put me on the road, but I've never been on the road. And the agent asks, like, well, what markets have you played? And you're like, well, dude, that's your job, right? It's to like get me out there on the road to play these markets. So, Prox and Prada is one of those bands that I just really admire. And, um, they work their buns off on social media and they, they're all from the heart, man. They're a great band. They have a great sound. It's, it's, it's very, very approachable, but, um, they got thrown out. uh, I think it's Caleb Coker from, I think it was partisan or empire. I forget what their agency is, but Caleb's a good dude. And, um, just took a chance on them. And those guys are building a, a market for themselves all across the country. It's crazy. They are, uh, they're, they're kicking butt, man. That's awesome.
0: I have a, uh, buddy who he, uh, saw yeah. the Elton John special. Um, and so he was like, I could do that. And like, let me tie it with a, uh, a special cause. So like the cause is to like help yeah. raise funds for the food bank. And so what he did was in the early nineties, he used to drive a, oh, wow. a truck for Coca-Cola. And so he called Coca-Cola headquarters and let them know, Hey, I used to drive for you guys, but, um, this is what I'm doing. Um, and then before that, he called BMW in Santa Maria and um, told them and got a letter of like, we're behind you, like signed by their, their director. And so he would call Coca-Cola and said, hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, BMW has came on board with me to help support this cause. And then um, United Way, the same thing. And then he recently got in contact with a, a marketing agency, the biggest marketing agency in India. And uh, so kept bringing all these pieces of like all these companies with them and saying that these are, they're on my team. They support what I'm doing. You should get on board. Then he made like a half hour like uh, video and had a few friends sing like a song, kind of the same layout as Zone John did. And so now he has this content to put out but then he also has these companies are excited about what he's doing and once this is all over he's going to be able to go back to these companies to get sponsorships and other doors opening for when he's yes, able to dude. like fully do his so music. smart
1: to align your music with brands that's <laughs> that's genius yeah that is a that's a huge huge revenue stream if you can if you can start doing that um there's also red light management and there's green light media green light media does that exact thing they they align bands and music with brands and you know how much money you can make off that (laughs) it's so
0: smart good for him man that's he's using his head for sure he's definitely a marketing guy um that's what he went to school for and that's what he's been doing and like i'm just kind of like blown away he's a go-getter and like he just keeps going and going He'll call me every other day. Well, I got this company, you know. or I got, you know. Yeah. yeah and over yeah. So I'm like, wow. That's, that's
1: definitely a guy you want to pick his brain. Yeah. Hey, I man. appreciate you so much.
0: Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. And once again, I want to thank Ryan for spending some time with me. I also like to say Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. If you have any thoughts, any ideas, or are looking for ways to collaborate, you can contact me at GeraldPurified.com. Thanks again, and remember, victory loves preparation.